0: What's up, everybody? This is episode 12 of the One Question Podcast, where each week we're going to take a look at one question of faith, and then we're going to lead into more questions and more questions and more questions. I'm David. Uh, one of the hosts. I'm joined with my co-host, Lindsay.
1: What's up, y'all?
0: And Pastor Carrie's with us today. What's up? Hey, what's up, everyone?
1: Yeah, we are so excited to have y'all. No matter where you're at in your journey, maybe you're spiritually curious and just checking out this whole God thing. Um, Maybe you're new to faith and have some questions you're looking for answers for. Um, Or maybe you've been following Jesus a long time and are looking to continue to understand the character of God more. However, and whatever brought you here, we are excited that y'all are joining us for our one question. And today is actually super exciting because this is our first question that has come from a listener.
2: Yes. Yeah. Exciting. Big man
1: Greg sent this one in. And so we are so excited to um, hear from you guys because a big part of why we started this podcast was really to be able to ask the questions that matter to you and to us. And so we always are looking for new questions. And if y'all have one, you can always email them to one question at beachchurchjacks.com. But let's get started with Greg's
0: question. Awesome. First, thanks so much, Greg. We really appreciate it. And uh, Greg's question, does the Old Testament God still exist? Mm. And for those of you that may be <laughs> spiritually curious and like, what's it, what do you mean by the Old Testament God? The Bible is divided into two books, old and new, and there are some characteristics that seem a little
1: Different. different Yeah, yeah, so. and I
0: think that's where
2: Greg's question is coming from. Greg, thanks so much for your question and and let me just say this: one of the things that I love about this podcast is these are questions that maybe you might not feel comfortable asking, maybe in like a life group setting uh, or in a setting with other people, but you can't ask them here, and we'll talk about. We'll them, take any question, uh, and, <laughs> and we'll take it on and go after it. Um, yeah so I, I get that as a pastor sure. uh, a good bit this is a question that we get you know, does the Old Testament God still exist or you know
1: why, why is he so different? Why is he so
2: different? Yeah. Um, and, and so I think it's a good question uh, for us to dig into and, and kind of looking at that, uh, one thing that I get approached with is, oh God's so much nicer. <laughs> uh, after Jesus comes, then before Jesus. And so that's an interesting statement to me, uh, because for me, Jesus always was. Mm. So there's not a point where Jesus wasn't, where then he just all of a sudden shows up on the scene. Now, the birth of Jesus as a man happens about two-thirds of the way through the Bible in the book of Matthew is where we first get the account of that. But like Genesis 1.26 says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. The Hebrew is, is not being mistranslated here when it says, let us in our image. Mm. God is talking in that moment about himself as Father, as Son, and as Holy Spirit. And we come to know the Son as Jesus about two-thirds of the way through the Bible as he's born as a man. Uh, but Jesus doesn't have a point or period where he wasn't. He is God. He always has been. And so there is a consistency of who is God uh, throughout the entirety of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament.
0: Yeah, I I actually thought you were going to say something to the effect of, like, he finally got his kid out of the house, so he mellowed (laughs) out a little bit in the New (laughs) Testament. Maybe that's what it was. Um, To me, it seems like the way in which God speaks— is a little different between the old and the new. A lot of times in the Old Testament, it seems like there's a lot more directive, like God is talking and you're listening. Um, For instance, like in Exodus, where God speaks to Moses directly and says, this is God, I am God, listen to how I speak. Versus, like now, I feel like we kind of are led by the Holy Spirit more, and it's it's a quieter voice, maybe, or and then and also in the Old Testament, you have like Elijah and King, First Kings, um, same thing, where it's the soft, gentle whisper of God. So to me, it seems like you have these. I don't know, almost like the way in which God chooses to talk to us seems a little different between old and new, but that's just my personal And even sort of...
1: old versus current day. Yeah. Um, I think something interesting to think about is in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Bible. Right. They didn't even have the Holy Spirit in them. Right. So to me, we have so many incredible tools, and not that God can't still speak directly to us in an audible voice, but I think that it's less of a, God has changed from the Old Testament to now versus the ways he has communicated and the way that humanity has developed have changed.
0: Yeah, makes
2: sense. I think something that I see in that that to me is the same strand is there's an intimacy there. Mm. And so God desires an intimacy with Moses. He actually desires uh, in the book of Exodus to meet face to face with the people uh the people are terrified Mm -hmm. of god and they say to moses uh no you just (laughs) do it and so they they kind of put they put it all on moses to be the person that doesn't work the other way where you know god is saying no i want to be separated From you. And in fact, that is a narrative to me that runs through man's relationship with God is us continually putting him at distance. But then we kind of act like it's him who's put us at distance. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would say to me, there, there's an intimacy with God and Moses that's attempting to happen there. There's an intimacy that God has with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob, with Joseph, there's an intimacy he's desiring. And what we're getting, we have to remember what scripture is. It is revelation. So we're getting revelation of what God is doing to bring redemption to man. And so the, the point necessarily of the Old Testament isn't, hey, this is what every individual relationship looks like and how it should look like. The point of the Old Testament is to get us to Jesus coming to earth to, to be our redemption and how we get there. How, how The revealing of how God's movement amongst people actually got us to that point of Jesus coming to the earth.
1: Yeah, I think that all makes sense. I think I still struggle a little bit in understanding sort of this idea of like, I look at the Old Testament God and and yes, I think we could call them intimate relationships with Moses, but it still feels like this, I am God up in the clouds and, you know, yeah. sort of thing versus I look at the New Testament and Jesus is walking and, you know, he's like, let the little children come to me. Like, Peter, I see you and I love you. Like Like, it's hard for me to understand yeah. both.
2: Yeah, I think you're looking at nice guy Jesus, right? And yeah. and I think we put this wrapper of nice guy Jesus uh and we totally extract out Jesus in his actual tone. Like I challenge you, if you've, if you've not read the book of Mark, uh, go read a couple of chapters and listen for Jesus's tone. Mm. His tone is not my kindergarten teacher's tone. Uh, You know, he's, he's got passages in there where they're walking by a fig tree Mm. and he's hungry and he goes to pick off a fig and there's no Uh, fruit on the tree and so he curses the tree and then the disciples and him kind of walk off they come by later and the tree is withered and dead Mm. um i mean that's not like nice guy my kindergarten teacher that is god of the universe (laughs) yeah hopefully Hopefully that's not your kindergarten teacher (laughs) teacher, you know And, and it's not that he's mean um but i think we can we can, on our own personal preconceived notions, put mm-hmm. something on Jesus that he is not and was not. He, he did not come necessarily to have like this very soft teddy bearish. He came to bear the sin of the world. That, that's not like soft and cuddly. Uh, Jesus on a cross with a crown of thorns nailed to that thing with blood dripping down his arms, his head, his legs. That, that's that's <laughs> yeah. not quite the same picture. And, and, you know, to this whole idea of who is God in this, God puts him to the cross. So that's not different from the Old Testament. God. That is the same God yesterday, today, forever. He's taking care uh, of the sin problem and the sin issue that we created and pushing God away from us.
1: Yeah. And I think that kind of brings us to our second kind of difference that people typically see between the Old Testament God and the New Testament God being different is this idea of he's really wrathful and vengeful and angry in the Old Testament but he's kind and nice and generous and just wants to forgive all of your sins easily in the New Testament. And I wonder, to me, part of it, like as we're talking, I'm thinking through like, okay, why do I have this idea in my head? Because if you evaluate scripture, Mm -hmm. it isn't just this clear cut divide. And I I wonder...
2: I could go to, I've been reading through the Psalms and mm -hmm. looking at David's intimate relationship with God and the ways that God talks about, or David talks about how God soothes his soul mm-hmm. and he brings comfort to the brokenhearted. And like, that is the same God. We have to be careful that we're not picking and choosing scriptures to fit an agenda. Mm-hmm. I, Absolutely. And that's why I do think if you missed last week's episode uh, on what is the Bible, it's so important to understand the Bible as the revelation of of God and His love for us through Jesus—that that's what the Bible is—and so we have to be careful to not pick and choose. Hey, you know, I see this one verse uh, where God hardens Pharaoh's heart. Isn't it bad I'm like that? And that's one that I'll hear. Isn't it bad that He hardens Pharaoh's heart? Well, no, it's not bad that He hardens Pharaoh's heart. That's how He gets the Israelites out of Egypt into the promised land so that the Messiah can be born where he's been prophesied at to be born. And and so that's not an instance of God hardening Pharaoh's heart to say, oh, Pharaoh is not worthy of salvation. He's just in a point in time, he is acting in such a way in which the
0: redemption of all men can come and actually happen. I think it's interesting, too, that you mentioned David and the idea of how he always points to how God, like you were saying, is this comforter, and and David has a real sense of, like, self-awareness that I think a lot of people maybe don't have, and the idea of... Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, Speak for yourself. I'm always so self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> but it has, I think it has that sort of, um, when we think about our role in the relationship, and then we think about how we often feel like, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, let God down, but... Like you're saying earlier, we're the ones that would step away from God. God's there with us the whole time, and David Mm -hmm. recognizes that in that comfort
2: moment. Well, David needs some people around him to help him yeah. recognize that. <laughs> yeah. He's got Nathan the prophet yeah. who leans in mm-hmm. and, and helps point out David's sin. And then you see you get to see the intimacy of his relationship with God, where he's asking for forgiveness for that. He's confessing that sin. He's repenting. Uh, repent doesn't mean, hey, let me just tell you the bad things I've done. It actually means to turn away from those mm-hmm. things. Uh, and so, yeah, I think back to Lindsay's, question and point of the wrathfulness. So, so Old Testament, I think there is definitely a picture there of a very kind, loving God that I think we can miss if we just pick and choose scriptures out. But then even take to the flip side in the New Testament, there is the wrath of God present in the New Testament. That is, yeah. that is a very, very real thing. And so we have to deal with that and wrestle with that, and and I think it's more important for us to get into why is God wrathful, mm-hmm. and what does that mean? And, and it's uh, I think we put it into our human terms, and we say uh, we imagine a very emotionally charged response. That's what wrath is. We we see it as anger and very emotionally charged, where with God, he recognizes that there's separation between us and him because he is holy and we are not. And that separation, if he were to come into our presence, us into his presence, direct in that sense, uh, we would be wiped out and killed. Not because God wants to be mean and keep us away. He created a garden for us to be in and walk in the cool, right? Simply, he recognizes that if we are in his presence like that, we will be killed and wiped out. And so that wrath is still present in the New Testament. However, what we get in the New Testament is the, the understanding of how God goes to the furthest extent to take his beloved son and put him in the sacrifice place instead of us to receive the death that us being in the presence of God would garner if we went into that presence sinful. And so the wrath of God is poured out onto Jesus on the cross in our place. And so I would encourage us to not think, hey, oh, the New Testament, there's no wrath of God. It's like
1: the pinnacle of wrath.
2: It is the pinnacle, and it has to be there for us as Christians. We believe to have a relationship with God is that he goes to that extent to take our place so that we don't have to experience the wrath of God individually in our lives. We experience the love and grace and forgiveness of God through Jesus, Uh, and then that wrath is no longer directed at us.
1: Yeah, I love this quote from John Piper. It says, God's wrath is just, God's wrath is consistent, and God's wrath is satisfied in Jesus. And so I think, I don't know, you know, exactly the heart behind why Greg asked this question. I know it's a question we all have have struggled with or thought through. Um, but for me, I think it comes down to partly of, you know, does the Old Testament God still exist? We ask that because we're scared. Like Mm -hmm. we're scared of that Mm -hmm. wrath and and that wrath being on us. But Mm -hmm. I think there is such a comfort to have this understanding of God's wrath is satisfied in Jesus Mm -hmm. and it's finished in Jesus.
2: Mm -hmm. I think also with that, I think we're trying to make sense of things that we encounter within the Old Testament that don't make sense to us today. Um, and, and so we don't live in a tribal, most of us listening, to this don't <laughs> live in a tribal culture or society to if understand, you do, we have a question for you. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're, <laughs> we're okay, okay with Where are guys. you? Are you okay? Uh, <laughs> um, but we don't live in that world, and, and so we are trying to impose 21st century norms, viewpoints onto things that happened thousands of years ago with way different technology, With and so we don't have that same understanding, and, and so it's hard for us to really make good, solid judgments on what happened in those times and places, not having lived there or been in those
0: experiences. What would be your advice to someone who is trying to gain a deeper understanding of something like that? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they're, and they're like, struggling with the cultural context.
1: Yeah, like, let's talk about Noah's Ark. I mean, that's a fun story that we draw a boat and talk about the animals mm-hmm. and sing about them. But really, God destroyed everyone on the earth but one family. Yep. Or, you know, in Second Kings, there's a story of how these bears were sent to murder children. We turn Lot's wife into salt. Like, I could go on and on. Like, these things there's like a element of me that's like, could I, is God really loving if he does those things? And maybe this is a question for another day, (laughs) but like, if God is the same then as he is now, how do Mm -hmm. we, like David said, wrap our minds around that? Mm -hmm.
2: Here is a difficult truth that we all have to wrestle with, but I don't think that we live in a constant awareness of, you're talking about self-awareness earlier, what happens to everyone on this earth at the end? We die. They die. Everyone's going to die.
1: That—that
2: mm-hmm. that is the penalty of sin. No matter how you die, everyone's going to die. Uh, and so uh, I recently read the Book of Ecclesiastes again, and I had Solomon at the end of his life reflecting, and Solomon's been the greatest king in Israel right there with his father David, had way more money and possessions and he's got all this wisdom. He wrote the book of most of the book of Proverbs and he, but in Ecclesiastes you get him towards the end of his life and he's reflecting and he's become very self-aware and he realizes doesn't matter if you were a good person, if you were an evil person, doesn't matter if you had money, if you didn't have money. Something connects all of us, and that's that at some point there is an end. Uh, and, and I don't know where you are listening to this today. If, if you've really wrestled with at some point there will be an end. Mm-hmm. And and so what, what happens at that point? Some people find and believe that that end is just the end. Um, but what we as Christians believe that that end has the opportunity to be an eternity with God. And that's actually God's promise. And so those places where we see God's wrath poured out in those situations, those are just individual instances of what's happening to all of us on the earth. And so the most important question that we can wrestle down as people listening to this and just on this planet is what do we believe about Jesus? Do I believe the claims of Jesus being the Son of Man taking on the sin of the world, being nailed to a cross to take on that wrath for us, but then the power of the Holy Spirit to raise him three days later so that we can have eternal life with God. And that's the hope that we cling to as Christians, as we believe that is true, and we believe that God is initiating that from the very beginning of the Old Testament and that he's then going through and revealing his promise to us throughout the entirety of what scripture is.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, as we close out our time here, yeah, I think that final encouragement from you, Pastor Carey, of of, you know, we started with does the God of the Old Testament still exist? And we get to the question of of if he does, if we exist, like where are we going? What's gonna happen? What do we believe about Jesus? Like. I think that's the whole point of this podcast is to let these questions lead us to the one question that does matter, which Mm. is what we believe about Mm -hmm. Jesus. Um, and so we hope that y'all have been um, encouraged in understanding more about who God is in the Old Testament how he never changes and how his heart for us never changes um, and is still chasing and pursuing us um, today but hey thanks for joining us on this episode um, of our One Question Podcast. David, Pastor Carrie, always a pleasure hanging out and chatting with y'all. Greg thanks Greg. Yes, Yes, thanks Greg again for your question. If y'all have more questions that have come out of this or have come out of your lives be sure to email them to one at beachchurchjacks.com and we'll see y'all next week